back to the Warner Brothers podcast. I'm Keenan with my brother Kyle. What's Obviously, up, what's by up? this time, I feel like you know us now. Uh, how have you been, Kyle? I'm great. I'm great. Uh, you know, one week in the NBA season. It's been uh, interesting. For it's been interesting, at least to me. It's been fun. It's been fun. It has. It's uh, I don't know. I was talking to someone the other day, like I think after the first, first or second day of the season, and I was saying how um, you know, it feels. I feel this way the NFL too. It just feels like it's going to be a great season. Like, I don't know what it is, but I think it's the uncertainty. About... Yeah. It's a mixture of that. I think it's a mixture of like, they're finally being like fans back in the building. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, the NFL feels the same for the most part, but the NBA, like the fans, it feels, it feels great to have the fans back consistently. You know, we had, we had a portion of fans back last year towards the playoffs and, I think most of the second half of the year, but uh, it made a difference. Like Utah was actually a tough place to play because they let they made Utah in the playoffs a tougher place to play compared to some places that really had thirty five to forty percent capacity. Because like Utah was at almost full ish. Like they were, right. I was gonna say they were pretty much like almost packed because they didn't care. Yeah, and uh, you know, for all the teams to be back at full capacity, you can just tell. By the fan participation, you know, just how the how happy the fans are to be back. Like, you know, how much they missed it, how much we all missed it. I know I can't wait to go to some games here yeah. soon. Uh, yeah, it's great. It's great to be back. I'm, I'm loving the season. It's, you know, at first I like really didn't want the NBA to be back this early because it just seemed early, especially after you know the last year. In you the know? football, se- in the football season's been so good so far because right. speaking of uncertainty. There's so much uncertainty for me in the NFL. It's been more uncertain this year of like who's actually going to go on top compared to how it's been honestly over the last like 25 years. And that's due to the excellence of the Patriots over that time, but like there's so much uncertainty cuz I could see eight teams from like probably like not eight, probably like six teams from each conference actually make the Super Bowl and be like, "Oh, okay. That makes sense." You you got a whole you got a handle for the last twenty five years of the NFL, aren't you? You're twenty four, right? <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, obviously, when you're talking about when you're talking about the NFL and the AFC, you've only seen seven Super Bowl. You only seven teams have made it. Really, six because it's really Peyton Manning's Broncos, Peyton Manning's Colts. But literally since ninety seven or ninety seven when Shannon Sharp, well, I didn't watch then. But I'm saying it, for the last twenty twenty years, at least my whole life, it's been. Ravens, Steelers, Peyton Manning, Brady, and then the Chiefs. True. That was it. True. True. Well, I would that, say that's more so what I'm meaning. Like the AFC is more wide open and uncertain this year than it has been, honestly, almost in my lifetime. And on, like, I feel like there's six teams that can make it to the Super Bowl when other years it was like, it's going to be New England and whoever. It's going to be. Indy or it's going to be like New England or Denver. It's going to be New England or Kansas City. It's going to be New England or the Steelers or New England and the Ravens or possibly another combination maybe. Obviously, New England's always at the forefront because they went to ten, nine Super Bowls over that period, but that's what uh, I mean. I guess so. I feel, I feel there's always... I always feel like there's at least, you know, eight teams in general who can 
who can win it all in the NFL at least. You know what I mean? I always feel that parity, you know. Oh, I do in the NFC. I just don't in the AFC. Like, this is like going to the first times where you could name me five or six teams that could make it in the AFC. Before, it was New England and... It was New England, Peyton Manning, and either the Steelers or the Bron- <coughs> Steelers or the Ravens, excuse me, on either side. That like whatever team was more hot that year. That that's honestly at least how it was for me. Like when Jacksonville had their one run, I was like, eh. I really I like that was a really good game and they played the Patriots close. They I mean it was twenty four to twenty. You, I remember that year. You were calling them a contender all year, and I was like, that was a, I, I was gonna say that was what. I said, I remember I didn't think there were anything. Um, that defense but, was real. And then, obviously, when it comes down to it, Blake Bortles is Blake Bortles. Like, that's really yeah. what it comes down to. I mean, I can't say, I can't say, yeah, that's what the usual suspects were with the Patriots, Payton's teams, and then, uh, you know, the Steelers, or Ravens. But I can't say I always expected only those four. Because, I mean, you know, we had Andrew Luck with the Colts there. And uh, see, I was never afraid of Andrew Lux Colts. There was something no, no, about them. Afraid, I was, they were like they were contenders. You know, they were in the AFC Championship. Yeah. They were well, yeah. The Chargers. I was gonna say the Chargers had their time. And uh, Philip Rivers. So I mean, there's always there's always been, you know, probably four four to five to six, depending on the year with the AFC. It just you know the Patriots were so dominant during that time, and then. I, I guess it just doesn't feel like there's a true favorite right now in the AFC, and I guess not I yet. always fe- and I always felt yeah, that prior, was, like even, would, regardless would, if it was the Patriots or not. But there was a true favorite every year, and like at least by this point, and right now there's no favorite to me. Yeah, I mean, I would say in the AFC, the true favorite would be the Bills. Y- yeah, say, yeah. I would see. I, it, I, I would guess they would be the favorite, but I don't know. I don't know. They just it just feels weird to me. I guess I'm. I don't yeah, know. It's definitely wide open, but I would say the Bills. If you if had to choose gonna, one, it, gonna, yeah, it makes if you're sense. Put your in anyone's basket, you're gonna pick the Bills with that defense coming off. I mean, they're in the AFC Championship game last year. Yeah, they got the most talented team in the AFC, probably. Um. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And Josh Allen, you know, we're only halfway through the year in a year where. You know, a lot of teams, and I think the Bills being one of them, didn't even play a lot of their guys in preseason. So, I mean, you know, the season's really starting to get into swing now. I mean, I'm not, you know, I think the big topic this week, especially, you know, being three and four is the Chiefs and how they look, but I'm not counting them out just yet. Oh, I'm not counting the Chiefs out at all. They're just obviously not the favorite. Like, you can't yeah. you can't say after a 3-27 to 27 loss to the Titans and they're now 3-4, and four, like, yeah, no, they're still the favorites. They're not. Yeah. That defense they, is a real even, problem. I don't even think they were the favorites going in. You know what I mean? I mean, I would have chose the Bills or the Browns ahead of them. See, they were, they were, for me, they were in my preseason going to the Super Bowl. I thought this was going to be their last year there until they took a break. And I felt like they were a team that had a three Super Bowl window, like going three straight years. What they did with it was obviously what they're going to do with it. And then you have those contracts, like Mahomes' contract will hit Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, they need to get paid. Chris Jones defensively, and then their team kind of breaks up. And we'll see if they can turn it around in a few years. Obviously, they'll stay cont- they'll stay relevant, but see if they can turn it around in a few years and really come back to like a 
see if they can try to get on a dynastic run. They're not obviously a dynasty now, but I mean, going to AFC Championship game, two straight Super Bowls, and if they were to this year, not dynasty, but they'd run the AFC for a little bit. Yeah, I mean it's hard. It's hard to do that. Oh yeah, hundred percent. That's just what my um, feelings were. If they didn't, it wouldn't shock me. But that was my feelings going into this season. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I didn't, I didn't look that far ahead for them. Honestly, like, I mean, I feel like they're a contender as long as, as long as Mahomes is at the top of his game. I mean, he's still young. Oh yeah. Um, they're gonna definitely know, kinda, compete. Same with same with like the Seahawks with uh with Russell Wilson like as long as he's there you're always gonna have a chance uh you know the Packers are there and Rodgers same thing he's been there I don't know what year it is for uh, Rodgers as far as being the starting quarterback of the Packers but I mean you know pretty much as long as he's been there I think it was 09. I think he be, right? I think he got drafted in 05. he started in 08. I think that was. So I think it's been since 08, so I think it's been 13 or 14 years, and they've been in the playoffs pretty much every year but two, and one of them he broke yeah. his collarbone. Yeah, exactly. Like, he, he, he came in, he came in, like, as far as the playoffs go, I think his first, the first memory I have of him in the playoffs is that shootout with the Cardinals year. They made it to the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, that was a really good game. That was a really and, good um, game. You know, so, I mean... As long as you got a franchise quarterback and you can compete, whether your defense is there or not, you know, you're going to get scored on the NFL. It's any given Sunday in the NFL. Uh, you know, you always got a chance. And, you know, as long as Mahomes can stay healthy, which is, you know, if he with the offensive line, you know, in his style of play, uh, you know, they always got a chance. Yeah. Oh, for uh, sure. I don't, I don't want to go on. This might be a rough year for them, though. I mean, we'll mm-hmm. see. We're not, we haven't even reached November yet. November. December is when you really find out what a football team is. Yeah, they have time um, to turn it around, especially with the extra week. I was just meaning more so they went from they're kind of like the Seahawks. Like the Seahawks won the Super Bowl against the Broncos, and they obviously lost to the Patriots. And then that leads, I mean, that's a little different, obviously, because of how they lost. But the Seahawks had that run, and then now they're fringe contenders, like real fringe content, like lead contender every year because Russell Wilson's that really yeah. that good. They tried to rebuild yeah. the roster, but still made the playoffs because Russell Wilson's that good. And I think that the obviously the Chiefs could do the same because Patrick Mahomes is better than Russell Wilson, so they could try to remake the roster, be an almost rebuild, retoolish, but still make the playoffs because it's Mahomes. So right, and, and I don't. That's more so what I mean by like that phase. They're not. They yeah. don't have. They're not going to have as much talent. So it's going to be interesting to see them go up and down and see if they can peak with that talent again, hit on good draft picks, sign some veterans for a minimum, and go from there. More so. Yeah, I mean it's it's so hard to tell with football. Football oh, and yeah. yeah, ebbs and flows, and uh, you know how your roster de- does depends on on so much. Depends on schedule. Depends on you know. Who you signed? It depends on injuries. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like for for instance, like the Raiders, they're gonna be Raiders are gonna be right around, you know, ten wins, which looks like it'll that's what it'll take to get into the AFC playoff picture. Yep, it's ten wins, and uh, you know they play the Chiefs well year to year. So, you know that could be what ends up keeping the Chiefs out in the end, just for these losses. You know what I mean? Because you know one thing you can kind of hang your hat on. You know, as we see with the Patriots is, you know, even if you don't have the the greatest record to get in, maybe, or, you know, maybe not have the best season you want. Like if you're not winning the big games, you can kind of rely on your divisional games. You know what I yeah. mean? And uh, 
you know, the Patriots aren't too, I don't see the Patriots winning their division by any means, but you no, know, no. the wins against the Jets and the, and the Dolphins, if it comes to that, will certainly help if, you know, they're, they're losing their other games. Like you know the Dolphins I mean? lost week one hurts more than any other loss this season. Right. To me, at least. Right. Like, obviously, yeah, the Saints beat us up. Tom Brady came back. We missed a field goal. Okay. And then there's one more, I feel, that I'm forgetting. But any that one, uh, that one, the Bucks game and the Cowboys game. Well, the Cowboys game, the Cowboys um, game. That one was tough too. But the Dolph, the Dolphins one hurts the most, especially seeing what the Dolphins are now. Right. Because it's like we hadn't. The difference between the Cowboys game is we had plays, we had to make more plays. Like Damian Harris, if he just doesn't fumble, we win the game. Like that's just it. Mm-hmm. There's nothing else other than that. Obviously, they had to make a field goal against the Bucks, and then. Had to stop Brady from driving with like 50 seconds left and maybe one or no timeouts either way, but Brady with the ball. Then they had to go either score a touchdown on the Cowboys and then stop Dak. But like the Dolphins game was just cut and dry. Don't fumble, you win. They fumbled, they lost. That's what, And then the Dolphins aren't that great of a team right now because they're kind of in a weird injury. They're in a weird season. They could have been a playoff fringe team, but like... They're in a weird. They're in a weird spot. Yeah, they're definitely underachieving. I know, you know, Dolphins fans really were expecting this team to contend, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, between injuries and you know, Flores hasn't been had the greatest coaching season, and then Tua does not seem to be the answer at all. They're obviously still in the midst of the uh, Deshaun Watson trade rumors and all that. Uh, you know, it, you, like you said, yeah, it is a weird season for them. So who knows? You know, great for the Patriots that they're underachieving because, you know, that yeah. was kind of a bubble team in their way. And now the bubble team in their ways looks to be the Chargers. And we got them this week. This uh, Char- Chargers don't have a good run defense at all. Patriots are great on the ground, especially uh, the last few weeks. Damien Harris having a, a pretty great running season, really low-key. Probably going to be like if things keep going as they are, and Bill Belichick runs him about twenty times a game, he doesn't end up getting into the doghouse. He'll be a borderline Pro Bowl running back. So, oh, yeah. he's having that Most kind of he's having that kind of season. So definitely, I like the way he's running for sure, and that also helps Mac Jones. We still need to use the tight ends more. That, that's what we need that's to right. do. And we, uh, and we, you know what? Like this past week, I mean, I actually want to start with the NBA, but since we're talking football, we'll. We'll keep it football, but uh, you know, going off last game with the Patriots, uh, you know, that's the first game in I don't know two or three years where I haven't had a complaint about Josh McDaniels. It definitely within yeah. the last two seasons, you know, he actually, you know, I come here week after week and kill him. I'm gonna give him his props. He he didn't he didn't piss me off. He didn't seem to piss any other Patriots fans off. He was actually throwing down the field. Had Mac throwing down the field. Had Mac out of the shotgun. Um, Complete team win. Obviously, Zach Wilson left the game. It's crazy you know, to see what but, happens. Like, obviously, they like the Jets. You're not going to hang your hat on like, yay, we beat the Jets. But it was, we beat the Jets worse than I thought we were going. Like, it was 54 it, to 13. I, I thought of 35. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. You know, I'd have been happy with. I I didn't predict it, but I. You know, if you would have gave me a prediction last week, I probably would have said. Something like twenty eight sixteen Patriots, and I would have been happy with that. You know, I, I had a twenty seven twenty personally going into right? the because I was like, this just feels like one of those games, especially coming off a deflating loss because of how it happened. This just feels like one of those games where the Jets just come in, 
make t- make the offensive make offense tough and then it kind of goes back and forth but the Patriots semi control it and they win by a touchdown that's just what this game felt like and they had said no we're going to look like the best team in the league this week because we're going to make the Jets look like the North Country Falcons <laughs> yeah something like that i mean they definitely it was a dominant performance uh you know it is the Jets, but you know when you're when your team that wants to make the playoffs or your team that uh, you know has any sort of aspirations, you want to beat up on the bad teams. You know the Jets are obviously a few years away, if that. You know what I mean? So yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it was definitely an impressive win. I'll take a blow any day of the week, especially after how the uh, first five weeks went. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, looking forward to this Chargers game. Definitely got more confidence than I did two weeks ago going into this Chargers game. I think we win. It's at LA. Uh, like I said, this defense, I'm like, and Belichick's got a good hold on what this defense does. We haven't even started. Like, Jamie Collins isn't even playing like a lot of snaps yet. And uh, this front seven gets pressure. The secondary is what I'm most impressed with. Kyle Doug is playing well. He's coming along. Uh, so I'm I'm really looking forward to uh, the second half of the year. Yeah, this game is going to be real interesting, especially with the Chargers coming off a bye, which is coming off the worst loss of their season, like 34-6 loss to the Ravens. So it's going to be interesting to see how they bounce back from that. And before the season, because I went through and marked every single game to figure out what I thought the records were going to be, I had the Patriots originally losing this game because it, we oh, we don't usually play great when we have to go cross country to different time zones like when we have to uh, we usually we usually uh we usually come away with wins in the in the la against all the cali teams we the, usually do pretty the chargers, well the chargers always feel like a weird one to me they always feel like a tough game but then win or like it, those always felt like a tough game but it would come down obviously to who has the better quarterback kind of in some of those games so this one I marked as a loss because I think the Chargers are really good. I thought they were going to be really good. I had them in the playoffs. Now, I mean, obviously I'm rooting for the Patriots. I'm not going to say it, but like they weren't going to win every game this season. But now I'm kind of leaning Patriots. It's gonna. It's honestly, it's almost like a 50-50 top pick them. But I like how the Patriots came are coming off of last week and they have the formula to beat the Chargers while running the ball, controlling the clock. And we got the corners, and we got the defense to slow down Herbert and that offense. Yeah, I think, uh, like I said, I think Belichick's got a good hold for this team now. I think they're starting to find their identity a little bit. I yep. think they're gaining confidence in Max. So I think, I think this is a Patriots win. I think, I, I think November's going to be a good month for the New England Patriots. They and I need think it's gonna be this game. I think it's gonna be a, they absolutely need this game. I mean, they're they're okay if they lose it, but if they win this game, you know, they need gives them a little bit of gives them a little bit of breathing room in the standings. Gives them a little breathing room to you know lose a game down the road. You know what I mean? Uh, we still got well, we still got both Bills games, mm-hmm. another Dolphins game. We obviously we swept the Jets. Yeah, uh, and you never and, you know, know with you never know with the tiebreaker. Like the yeah. Chargers may not win that division, especially if we beat them and the Raiders were to say yeah. were say to win. The Raiders would be six and two. I'm not saying they'd win the division at that point because the Chiefs have the Giants, so they'll probably get back to four and four. But like that Chargers win could be the difference between the playoffs and not the playoffs because of how close the AFC is at the bottom, like that mid tier. Yeah. 
So this game is a must win. Last yeah. thing I would last thing I would say about the Chiefs is you know them being at three and four, they're vulnerable. You know, if you gotta kill them, you gotta kill them in the regular season. Because that's a team, even if they are weak, that's not a team you want to see in the playoffs at all. Whether it's the first round, wherever it is, even if they're on the road, you want to kill them in the regular season. Because you know, once you let a, a former champion into the playoffs, you know anything, anything goes really. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, and and with the record that they have right now at three and four, and how the AFC has to be at least probably ten and seven, that means they got hot towards the end of the year. And you don't want a rolling Kansas City team coming into your stadium, being able to put up 50 on whatever team it is. So, for Absolutely. sure, if you want to knock them out now, it has to be in these next four stre- with this next stretch because they play. I only know this because I heard it today. They play the Giants this week, then they play the Packers, the Raiders, and the Cowboys. I think in that order. So yeah, it, that it, it, the three game stretch will make or break their season. It, it really will, and uh, you know they. If you're a Chiefs fan, you'd be happy with a split. You'd be happy with a split. I don't know if I don't know if they can do it. They're 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 obviously really inconsistent. Uh, you know, even dating back to really the second half of last year, their offense really isn't what we're used to. If you go by the stats, you know what I mean. They weren't. They're not dominant, mm-hmm. and uh, they turn you know, the ball team, over way too much. Right, and teams starting to uh, take away Tyree Kill, which, you know, puts a cap on their offense. You know, Andy Reid will eventually figure it out, whether it's this year or next. Their offensive line hasn't been what they expected. They tried to shore it up this offseason, and it's still been terrible. Uh, you know, people have obviously been, her- like, literally historically bad. Yeah, 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 which, uh, which happens. You know, the Chiefs don't have the greatest defense anyway. No. But, uh, you know, it's... Uh, you, know, you mentioned a three-year run. They're pretty much in. You know, this would almost be year four. I mean, they went to the championship against the Patriots. They go to the Super Bowl that year. The D4 not off sides. You know what I mean? Yeah. So This is really their fourth year. They're kind of on a Bills run in the early 90s. Not that they went to four straight Super Bowl. They're gone to four straight Super Bowls. But, yeah. like, kind of that run. Or, like, McNabb had it with the Eagles when they went to four straight NFC championship games. Kind of like yeah. that, like, four-year run three, four-year run of, like, dominance over a divi- over their conference. And we'll see yeah, if this year they can get it back or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're on that typical four-year contender run. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, I just – not that I needed any proof, but, you know, for other fans, because, you know, people throw around – People saying like, "Oh, the dynasty's over for the Chiefs." Never was a dynasty, you know what I mean? They didn't repeat. They went to Super Bowls. Like that's what that's what good teams in the NFL typically do is you know make that at least you know if it's a four year run, at least two AFC or NFC championship games, at least one Super Bowl in that run. They had a dynastic. And, uh, if they go this year, they had a dynastic AFC conference run. I wouldn't even like, say dynastic, but like, I mean, the, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't even really so, think that like. The Patriots the went only true, the only true dynasty in the last twenty years is the Patriots. Twice. You know, before that before that would be yeah, twice, exactly. You know, before that would have been the Cowboys in the nineties. And uh before that it would have been the Steelers you know, the in the seventies and then the, the 70s, 80s, and then, Niners in the eighties, yeah. Yeah, Niners in the eighties going into the nineties. Uh and then yeah, the Raiders and the Steelers probably in the seventies. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, um, it's not it's not something you see 
off. You know, you usually get a four year run with these guys. And then, you know, you've got a franchise QB who's young, like, as we mentioned, like the, the Packers have had with Rodgers throughout his career and the Chiefs and Mahomes. Like, the Chiefs are going to be fine. This year might not be their year, but overall, they should be fine. You know, that's if Mahomes can stay healthy. His style of play is, you know, who knows? As we see with Russell Wilson, things just happen when you have a mobile quarterback of any kind. Mm-hmm. This happens. I mean, he, he got injured on a quarterback sneak. So, like, I mean, not that, like, he's injury prone, but I'm just saying, like, anything it was a quarterback sneak and he got injured. So, like, anything really can happen. But, like, as you were saying, dy- like, dynastic runs, obviously the Patriots had it. But over an AFC, I don't think there was any more dynastic run than what the Patriots did over the AFC. They went to the AFC championship game either eight or nine years in a row. You can't get a you can't get a dynastic run across sports the way the Patriots did unless you want to go to like the Celtics in the sixties. I mean, that's, only- your, that's your only comparison. You know, that's in a you know a, a twelve to sixteen team league. I don't know what the exact teams were. Mm-hmm. Nothing compared to what the Pats did in the modern era. No, but, it was you know. the modern era for the twenty tens. There, you could almost guarantee two things: LeBron's gonna be in the finals. The Patriots will be in the AFC Championship game. Whether they win or lose those, obviously that was up in the air. But LeBron's in the NBA Finals. The Patriots are in the AFC Championship game. We're pretty much locks every year, mm-hmm. which is crazy yeah. to think. But speaking of that, going to the NBA, if you want to like segue now. Let's do it, yeah, yeah. man. Ugh. What what player has stood out to you the most over this like five? I mean, obviously, it's a really short period of time, but like, what player has stood out to me the most? Or has any player has any player stood out to you by any chance? I'm I'm just curious to see. I wasn't sure if like you've been because I obviously I know you watch a lot of games. You'll or at least sift through because of fantasy, and you obviously you just love the NBA. So out of the first week, uh. I would say this is a boring answer. I'll I'll give you two answers. Okay. One out of like out of the out of the normal superstars, I would say Giannis because he's just he's just on a tear. Like even like I don't know what the Bucks record is right now. Like I don't have all the records in front of me, but he's just he's he's not even in the midseason yet and he's already putting up stupid stat lines. So I'm like I'm pretty scared for what what he's going to do around January, February, and then like towards the end of the year for the league. If he stays healthy, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be scary. And, yeah. you know, they're only going to be better. Of course, they're going to, they'll probably make a move at the deadline. Who knows what, uh, the Bucks are playing with that championship confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's going to be scary for everybody for, for years to come, obviously, but yeah, especially this year. But in general, I would say the player that's caught my eye the most and the one that like, I'm really looking to watch more and more is John Morant. Oh yeah, um, yeah. He's averaging thirty right now. Yeah, and it's you know it's hard to get swept up in numbers after the first week because the numbers are always all over the place. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you like, know, if we went by just the first week, Lillard and James Harden look like shells them, so they look past their prime. Harden you know doesn't I mean? look so, good. At, Harden looks bad because he just like his he can't turn, get to the line at all. He can't get to the line. Like, and yeah. I honestly think. Like Lillard, I feel like he's more just cold because like it's Lillard, but Harden, I honestly feel like not that he's gonna take a step back. Like he's just completely dwindled as a player. He just needs to alter his game because he's looking for fouls too much. So like, and it's leading to turnovers and just missed shots. It's like he's not because like obviously over the last few years, a lot of the times when I when you're watching games, you'll see players go to the basket. They're looking only for the contact. And it's like, yeah. 
they're not looking to finish. And Harden just has to get that switch. Like, I can't just look for the contact on these threes. I can't just look for the contact when I go to the paint. Like, I need to actually look to finish, be me, be the elite scorer that I am, and then the fouls will come. But I just need, like, foul shots, I should say, will come. But he's just looked yeah. semi-weird. He's looked weird this year. He's looked uncomfortable. Lillard's just looked off, which is different. Yeah. And I wouldn't... I wouldn't even say Lillard, he's looked off, yeah, but, I mean, he's, looks like Chauncey's got him playing, like, looks like he's playing more of a true point guard, mm-hmm. like, he's, he's averaging way more assists than you, I won't say way more, but he's looking to pass more, seemingly, like, like, last night, I can think of a play I watched, I think it was at the end of the third quarter, it's like 10 seconds left in the third, he's driven the ball up the court, they're giving him space at the logo, and he's got, like, two or three seconds left to shoot. And I'm, you know, assuming he's pulling up. Like, there's two people around him, but he's got plenty of room it's to shoot. It. And uh, he throws throws a bullet pass to Larry Nance Jr. and gets a dunk to end the end the third quarter. Like, you know, that's, that's different. I feel like most times, you know, the last two or three years, 10 out of time, 10 times, literally either shoots that or, you know, if it's not a deep three, he's at least pulling up, you know, maybe from mid range or you know close to the three point line, but he he dished it and got you know the best shot you could get in that situation, which is so, good and bad. Yeah, it's really good. You, I mean, if you can get a dunk, a wide open dunk, instead of a logo three, you know, I think most coaches would take that. I mean, yeah. obviously, obviously, you trust Lillard or Steph or anybody who can shoot in that situation. But yeah, if you can get a wide open dunk, you're going to take that. So uh, I'm interested to see how the Blazers and Lillard progress. Same with James Harden. I think. I think a lot of these stars are going to kind of play, especially hard and play himself into shape. He's yeah. going to adjust these refs. I, you, you know, one thing that's really stuck out to me across the league from what I've seen this first week is how how the refs are calling the games. They're kind of let letting all these teams play. Like it's been this is the most physical I've seen it in quite some time. Like it, it seems like the playoffs. I honestly, say it's felt a little bit like the playoffs so far. It's weird because like I'm looking at some stats right now, and it's almost looking like for, like, the stars, like, playoff stats. Like, Steph's only shooting 43% right now and 40% on the dot from three. Those will both go up because it's Steph, and he's obviously efficient. But his playoff mm-hmm. numbers are more so around, or at least his finals numbers for sure, free, uh, are, like, 44% from the field and, like, 40%, like, on the dot from three mm-hmm. rather than his regular season 48 and 43 that's just one player I've seen. I've seen two of their games. I've seen a Heat game. I've seen like I've seen multiple games like in and out because I've obviously been working and doing things. But like that's the kind of those are the little things that I've noticed. But also, and there's someone else I wanted to mention. Speaking of Steph, Seth Curry has also looked really good this season so far. I don't know if you've seen anything that he's done so far, but because I watched him put up 23 in the first quarter of a game, and I was like, oh. Okay, Seth, <laughs> he, he couldn't miss. Yeah, he's uh he's been quietly the past few years. I would say one of the best shooters in the league. You know, uh, he's he's definitely great. Shocking, but quiet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's that's kind of what got him to Duke. And if we're going all the way back, he went he transferred from Liberty to Duke, basically for being Steph's brother. Like, yeah, oh yeah, I got from it, and uh, obviously he's got the shooting gene. Obviously, everyone in that family that's been in the NBA can shoot, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So no surprise there, but yeah, no, he's, I think two years ago, I mean, I don't, again, I don't know the numbers in front of me. I'll look right now, but I think he was shooting like 44% from three 
when he was on the Mavs a couple years ago. You know, he's um, been he's been like legitimately for the Sixers, he's been not just a role player. Like he's been semi he's like been actually important. Like this year he's averaging 16 with 63% from the floor, 62% from 3, 3 rebounds and 2 assists. But like and he all, he plays good on ball defense, but he's actually been playing really well. For his career he shoots almost 45% from 3 and he doesn't yeah, it's not like he doesn't it. take any. So That's a that, yeah, that's a sniper. Yeah, last year he shot straight up 45% the year yeah. before 45. Last 3 years 45%. So yeah, he's been an important piece to when he was on Dallas, he was important for them. And the last two years for Philly, he's been real important. I know. And, uh, and on that Trailblazer team that went to the conference finals. Yeah. Yeah. I know, like, like Steve, Steve and our guy, Steven, he, he loves having Seth on his team. It's one of his favorite players on the squad. Uh, I would take Seth on my squad any day. He's definitely a commodity. You know, anybody who can shoot 45% spot up, and he's got, he's got some off the bounce game too. Mm-hmm. Seth's great. Seth's great. He could, uh, you know, that's, that's someone who can improve a contender any day. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting with the Sixers. Looks like they're going to have Simmons actually in the fold at some point. Like, that that took a turn for the better, it seems, for the Sixers. Like, he's, you know, he, it sounds like they had, like, a team meeting. And, uh, you know, they addressed his mental health, I guess. And it sounds like at some point, I would guess, you know, maybe within the next two weeks, he'll be back playing for them. So, that's, that's good. Good for him. That's a plus. I think... Uh, I think I, you know, I obviously think he'll still be traded, but you know, good for everybody around. Whether it's whether it's Daryl Morey get his trade piece back, and the Sixers in general just getting you know their second best player back. So I mean, yeah, good for everybody. Um, I especially like. I don't know if I mentioned this before, but I especially like Morey not trading Simmons because you know I I hated the last few years when stars get upset. You know, everyone's like, oh, you got to trade him, you got to trade him. Well. No, you don't got to trade them. You know what I mean? You you're in control of their contract at the end of the day. And you know, and he was like, he has four years left on his contract. Like, if he wants to sit out for four years just because he's sad that he won't get traded, so yeah. be it. That like that's on Ben Simmons. Don't yeah, be a he, child and come back. Like four like wait wait exactly. he's gonna wait it out. And he's not a guy that's like LeBron or Steph or and I mean by that like. They have all the money in the entire world. Like, obviously, Ben Simmons, if he plays it right, is set for life because he's doing that. But, like, you can never have, like, let's set up your generation. You're only 20, like, three. Like, he wants to set up generations. He doesn't want to stop making money. So, yeah. I mean, I think. I mean, even Steph and LeBron still want to make money, obviously. I'm not trying to make it sound like that. But I'm just saying, like, they have the financial stability that if they didn't play for a year, it wouldn't hurt them at all. Yeah, I don't know I think, if Ben does or not because I don't know what he does with his free time and with his free money. Yeah, I think most. I mean, most of these players are gonna. I mean, unless you're blowing your money, you you should be set after you know at least your. There's that your broke series extension. on. <laughs> there was that oh, there broke. I'm, I'm just, no, I'm just saying because no, sure. like, when you're when you're for that sure, famous saying, and you can just spend it. Right. Oh, hey, let me go get this three hundred thousand dollar car and things like that. I'm. I'm just saying. I don't know his habits, so I'm just yeah, saying yeah. he wants to still make money, knowing that he's only he's not even 25 yet. Yeah, I mean, we saw it. he he lost eight million. I think it was a bonus going into the season for missing training camp. Whatever it was, he lost eight million. Look where he was. He came right in for the for the last week of camp. Yeah. Sulked all the time, but you know, no one's no one's gonna try to lose that money. I think him and Clutch, 
you know, they had a plan to get him traded and it didn't work. So, mm. you know, now we're in phase two of that. But yeah, I'm always, I'm always, it's weird because, you know, obviously, you know, teams can fuck over players a, a number of ways. So, yeah. you know, you, you always kind of want to be on the player's side. But when it comes to a player like like James Harden last year or Simmons and uh, or Jimmy Butler a couple of years ago, Anthony Davis is a good one. Yeah. Where you kind of just force your way out immaturely and, you know, quit on your teammates, especially after signing co- a contract. Like like you said, Simmons got four years on his contract. That's just being a shitty teammate. That's just being a shitty person, you know? Uh, you know, that, that only will hurt your value. I can't imagine that increases trade value you know as you see he didn't get moved and you know simmons is someone i would want on my team you know what i mean like as far as talent wise you know as far as attitude wise no i wouldn't want him on my team i know philly fans are fucking you know they hate him i mean he's got a it'll take him playing his ass off and you know shooting some jump shots to uh get back in the good graces of philly fans of course i mean just think about it as like your high school teams you didn't you don't like the person who's just oh, I'm going to quit this day, and then, oh, I'm coming back next day. Like, you don't like that person. They're annoying to have on that team. So you can only imagine when you're doing this for a career and you're putting thousands of hours into it rather than obviously in high school, you're just putting in hours after school. But, like, on that level, it's annoying. I couldn't imagine with it being like, oh, hey, Ben, let's have a conversation. Let me call you. Nope, click. I'm not even going to answer it. Okay, that's cool, Ben. Like, right. continue to yeah, be a you, child. Like, come yeah, on. You, you saw Joel and B's reaction to it originally. So I'm done talking about that, man. And then after they had that little team meeting a couple of days later, it seems like everyone's like on the same page and, you know, back to being positive. So we'll see what happens with Philly. And, um, and they have an open yeah. chance to win a championship every year because they have very talented players. Will they? Obviously, it's a chemistry thing and things, but like their roster. Their roster's good enough when healthy and playing well to win a championship. Mm-hmm. It's just, will they put it together? It's really what it's up to. For sure. And uh, back to John Moran, when you said like one player that sticks oh, out. Yep. A, A, the level of his play sticks out to me. The B, the what sticks out to me is, you know, Zion. Who knows when Zion's going to be back with his foot injury. And, uh, you know, we've seen him in that commercial where he looks, he looks 300 pounds. He like looks he just sick. looks big. Uh, you know, that sticks out to me because, you know, you go back and redraft in the moment, you kind of had an argument for a job. Like, obviously, Zion was the more intriguing pick because you don't see athletes who are built like that or move like that or jump like that at that size and uh, who have that, you know, natural rebounding ability and that you know, athleticism. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, he really, I mean, he think he's only... Six seven is his true height, right? And he he, he may he honestly be six six. Like he like right? he may not even be six seven. Yeah, whichever. He uh he really he dominates the paint like like Shaq or Giannis. Like he's pretty impossible to guard from twelve feet in when he's going down. And uh, you know, it's kind of crazy because what two two and a half years ago we we're on this podcast with our boy Brandon Petty, and he said Zion's gonna be a bust, and you know, obviously. Zion's probably not going to be a bust all around, but shit, if he can't stay healthy at all, like if he can't, if he's not able to be on the court, it's got more bust potential. Like, you know, foot injuries are nothing to play with. Foot injuries are nothing to play with at all. And Uh, like, obviously his play style, like if he's on the court, he's not a bust. We've already seen that. Like he's not a bust when playing. The only thing that would be a bust is 
you picked he's the number one overall pick and you picked him to be the leader of a franchise for years. If he can't play, then what do you, like John Morant you've seen, he almost played he's played like seventy five to eighty percent of the games, maybe even more, and he keeps getting better and better. He might be the most athletic player in the league. Like he's now progressing as a playmaker. He was already good as is, as clearly when he was averaging he put up a couple triple doubles in the college in college, but like He's progressing. He's gotten looks like his shots a little better. Like he is going to take that leap into superstardom here within the next two years. Like, and he's, I, would say, I would say this year he looks like honestly, he's on. A, yeah, I was gonna say within this by the end of next season he's gonna be a superstar, like almost solidified. So like he's on. He looks like he's on that Derrick Rose track. Mm-hmm. Like the similarities between him and Derrick Rose are pretty incredible. You know they've already been. The playoffs as well, uh, you know. Might. Career already has career already has seven and a half assists. You know what I mean? Like he's he's a he's a good playmaker, been a good playmaker. He's obviously smaller, so you know who knows defensively on ball that'll probably come. Young guys usually aren't great at defense, mm-hmm. but I mean, he has the athleticism to be good though. Like he can slide qu- side to side. Obviously, he can jump. He'll get a little bit bigger as he keeps progressing because he's going to need to a little bit, not like put on 20, but like kind of how Durant got a little bit bigger every year or Anthony Davis, Giannis. Like, I mean, those are bigs, but as a guard, even Steph, you've seen like people, Chris Paul, like obviously that was just naturally his body, but they got bigger over the years because they needed to withstand the pressure every game. But sky's the limit for John Morant. Especially yeah, with that yeah. Grizzlies team because they're young. Absolutely, I love what the Grizzlies are doing. Uh, Jaws probably, definitely is one of my uh, favorite young players in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's excited to watch the kids go bounce. Uh, and he, yeah. and the th- a thing I like about him is he goes for it. He is not afraid to go for it because there's there are some people who have that bounce, but. When they're in the lane, they don't go for it. Jaw wants to dunk on everybody, every possession. So he just goes for it. And I love it. Yeah, he's truly a mixture of Rose and Westbrook. Like his his game reminds me more of Derrick Rose, but his attitude, especially like you said, in the paint, like he's trying to dunk on you like Westbrook, like every time he gets in the lane. I mean, Derrick Rose is like that too, but Westbrook plays a little more angry, mm-hmm. you know? But, Rose, uh, Rose was just looking like I'm going to finish over you. Westbrook looks like I'm going to kill you. That's the little bit. West Rose, because Rose wasn't only dunk. Like Rose, obviously, was a beautiful finishes. Felt like he was yeah. in the air for ten minutes. And Morant has that, but Morant also has the two dribble, one step tomahawk on whatever big thinks he can guard. For sure, for sure. We're still on question one here. You said you have more questions for me. So um, I'll give you real, real quick, who's, who's the player that sticks out to you week one? Was um, it Seth Curry? Was that it? Or? Uh, Seth Curry was one of them. I like how Lamella Ball's progressed. I, I'm, it's not, that didn't stand out to me because I honestly expected it for him to kind of keep taking those steps because another guy who's going to be box office and destined for superstardom is Lamella because he's just fun. And mm-hmm. he just has fun. But speaking of that team, Miles Bridges – has shocked uh-huh. me because he's actually putting up 25 a game. And that yep. th- that threw me. Like He's actually been scoring, scoring, and that's kind of been throwing me off because obviously he, like kind of like Zach Levine, different because they're completely different players, but Zach Levine was like, 
oh, he's the dunking guy. Like, I know he, like, he slam dunk champion. Like, he can just jump and dunk. And then Zach Levine turned into a really, really good scorer. And I feel like Miles Bridges is starting to become, like, a genuine scorer rather than just being that true athlete. That's a good comparison, yeah. Um, yeah, I can't... So that, I mean, that would be the yeah. other one for me, personally. For sure. I'm definitely interested to see what these numbers look like, you know. In a month. A month, a month, month and a half into the season. Really even around Christmas. Because mm-hmm. you know, usually usually that first month, really, you, you'll kind of see these these outstanding numbers. And then it kind of... Kind of tapers off. Like obviously, to, to get to the winner, you know. Like but, obviously, Alex Caruso is not going to continue to shoot sixty-seven percent from three. I thought you were going to say Alex Carrillo. That's what it's <laughs> might as well. <laughs> might as well be him. <laughs> He's but, not going to uh, shoot that per, from three. Or Paul George probably won't average four seals a game. Like things like that are probably not going to happen. But. Right. Obviously, you never know, but I'm going. My money would be betting on that, especially Alex Caruso's not going to shoot 67 percent from three. All right, next question. What you got for me? Um, I was actually also going to ask you what team has stood out to you. Now, like those are the two. I was going to say what player and what team. I did not think would take that long on the player, but obviously we we just talk. What team? It's hard. I mean, I don't want to overreact to anything. Oh no, I'm just no. just for I, that was that was my thing too. Just first week, kind of. Who stood out to you that, like, oh, I didn't think they were going to be, they look a little bit better than I originally thought, or maybe they could be better than I thought, or they don't look as good as I was hoping to so far. They need to fix things kind of thing. I would say, I would say for a quick answer, I would say I like how the T-Bulls are playing. Yep. T-Bulls are playing hard. They're a young team. You know, they, uh, it's weird because Vegas and in general, like around the league, people kind of are bullish on them, and they've they ha- they've been kind of a disaster really the last few years, you yep. know. Uh, but I like that they're playing hard. They're they're playing together. You know, I like the way Anthony Edwards is playing. He's he stuck out to me too. He's he's taking a bit of a leap. He's got yeah, he's definitely improved from his rookie year to now. Like his off the dribble game, it's pretty pretty impressive in year two for Anthony Edwards. He so feels a little Dwayne Wade ish. Little bit, not like, not like exactly like Wade because Wade's obviously people forget how good he was, but yeah, that kind of like I don't know, like the way he I tries can't. to score, I guess I don't know. Not not his know, level, that, but like yeah, I can't I can't say he's reminded me of Dwayne Wade, but I mean I've been impressed with with how his handles improved and uh, his shot selection for sure. He's he's definitely a good young player, um, and then the Lakers have stuck out to me because they look bad. <laughs> Yeah, they look how I've expected. I don't see how this team fits at all. I don't see, I don't, I just don't see how LeBron and Westbrook is going to work. I mean, this team, I mean, A, they've got a coach who is a defensive specialist. Like, I don't want to minimize him, but his forte is defense, right? And uh, this team, this team's not built to be a defensive team. And then he's not. He's not offensively savvy enough, I don't think, to really design it to where you can really get it to where it's LeBron, Westbrook, Anthony Davis, and whoever else feeling comfortable. You know what I mean? They're on top of the role players. And you know this they This team's big, but they've lost the rebound battle. They can't really slide so far. Like if you're gonna have players yeah. that are big, you think you're doing it because you're limiting teams to one possession. 
You have good defenders on the outside or whatever. You have rim protection and you get rebounding. They've done neither of those things, so that's why they've looked so bad defensively. And then offensively, it's discombobulated because the pairing of LeBron and Westbrook so far hasn't been anything. Obviously, LeBron's been out the last two games, and Westbrook's been Westbrook up and great, down and terrible. Like He's been everything that you got from Westbrook in two games. Yeah, and uh, you know, you see, last night they they blow a twenty six point lead to the Oklahoma City Thunder of all teams. Like it's just, it's not good. I I don't think Lakers fans are panicking. I think they're gonna talk themselves into it being fine. But uh, you know, I don't see. I think I said last week, like I'd give it to like Christmas or December range to see how they really are. I don't mm-hmm. see it fixed by then. Like I know LeBron's gonna try his ass off to probably do whatever it takes. I just don't see LeBron. You said he's going to be a post player. I don't see LeBron, you know, sacrificing, I, you know, every team he's been on, like you mentioned him in the 2010s, you mentioned you can guarantee them going to the finals. Well, you know, it's true. And, you know, he pretty much was the GM of, you know, besides the heat, he was the GM of those Cavs teams and now this yeah. Lakers team, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, Wade had to sacrifice. Bosch had to sacrifice. He turned Bosch into a three-point shooter, basically. Kevin Love, who was like a 15-a-game rebounder, which is like crazy. Yeah, right? That's Kevin crazy. Love was like 23 and 15, and people forget Bosch was 24 and 12 the year before he went to the Heat. Like yeah, Bosch like, was yeah. arguably, like, it was Tim Duncan, KG, and then Bosch for your three best, I'm no, for, sorry, and Dirk Nowitzki. For like your four best power forwards in the league, like those I are Amari, the. I throw Amari Stoudemire. Oh yeah, oh yeah, sorry, it's oh nine. So yeah, Amari Stoudemire. So, yeah, those are your five definitely. best guys, and you could argue positions between some of them because of how good Chris Bosh was, and he turned into like a decent all star. Now he yeah. was more than that, obviously, because like when LeBron was out, he would he'd get you thirty and ten, but he turned into that because of obviously having to take the third seat. Yeah, Wade, Wade sacrificed a lot. Boss sacrificed a lot. Kevin Love sacrificed quite a bit. And, uh, you know, Ky- Kyrie might be the only one who didn't really sacrifice much because he was just allowed to keep his one-on-one game. But yeah. everyone else, you sacrificed quite a bit playing with LeBron. Uh, you know, LeBron's, I mean, I think Kevin Love even said this, he's difficult to play with, which you wouldn't expect because, you know, he's such a great passer. And he's got such a high IQ, but, you know, he's got the ball in his hands a lot. Uh, which is why Anthony Davis fits so well with them because you can either just post them up or you can kind of play pick and pop, pick and roll with them. I but, think you're going to start seeing almost getting the same thing with Luca. Yeah, to some degree for sure. Because uh, Luca reminds me a lot of like young LeBron, not his play style, but what the way he can kind of put a team on his back and carry him to get more wins than they should. And it's. <laughs> And I feel like Porzingis was having a problem with not getting the ball enough. I feel that stars are going to want to, that role players like Kyle Corvers are going to want to play with him because they don't need the ball much. And so it's like, he's going to put me in the right position, make the plays and things like that. But those all-star level players who are around that level are going to not always want to play with them because it's tough to get the ball. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, you're always going to get the ball, whether it's LeBron or Donovan. It's just a matter of you, like in LeBron's case, like Sorry, if you're the a same, kind of the same role, I guess. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Like being a focal point as you were prior. 
is more so what yeah. I mean by that. Rather than not touch, like obviously they're going to touch the ball. It's it's not like the Warriors when they put Kevin Durant, Clay, and Steph together, and none of their games diminished whatsoever. Not even their yeah. numbers. Their numbers are just the same across the board because of how they moved the ball. LeBron's so ball dominant that like you could get someone, you get someone like Sabonis who's averaging like twenty two, twelve, and six, and would average like eighteen, nine, and four. You know what I mean? Like, kind of that kind of dip. Yeah, it's hard to say because, you know, Doncic still very early in his oh, career. yeah. I mean, it may not, but I'm just saying he's looking kind of like that, but he doesn't also have the stars around him, like, kind of like LeBron did early. Obviously, there's Chris Dapps, Porzingis, but other than that, it's like yeah. Finney Smith, Boban, players yeah, like he's, that. He's got mostly role players around him. He yeah. hasn't. You know, we'll see how it how the league turns for him, and you know what the trends are in the league. You know what I mean? Because, uh, you know, we'll see if Doncic is a part of the super team kind of thing. Because yep. you know that's kinda LeBron in that era. You know, the 2010s going into the 2020s era. So we'll we'll see. Uh, it was an interesting stat that LeBron's played with six members of the NBA 75 team, and I want to talk about the 75. I don't know if you got more questions, but that's really what I want to talk about today. Is no, I, I really don't. I really don't. Because um, my other one was really any views of the change after, or have any views changed since the uh, games have started, For even though the like, first couple, but we were already talking, and really none of them's changed because it's been so early. The only thing I was going to say was the Warriors' play style is reminding me more of those first Warrior teams. And I think they could they could look semi similar to the first one. Obviously, their seventy three and nine is their seventy three and nine, but they could yeah. look sim- not that they're gonna win sixty five, but just they have strength. They have like legitimate depth and legitimate numbers. And if Clay can come back and be eighty five percent of him, and then Wiseman comes back, like they're gonna look eerily similar to that team that in, that won the first chip. Yeah, Not the saying they will, but they look similar to it. Yeah, they, I mean, you know, they got a full team back finally, or you know, they got, like you said, some depth. So you know, Kerr Kerr loves his Kerr's gonna play. Uh, I mean, he's a Popovich student. You know what I mean? He comes from Popovich. He comes from Phil Jackson. Uh, he was, you know, the president of the GM of those Suns teams with Nash and Amari. So he's, he's maybe he's all the about most. Ball. He's maybe been the most blessed NBA person ever yeah he's definitely he's definitely in the running for it so uh he's all about ball movement he's all about team and that's what you see with him like bialinka he fits with he fits with that team perfectly mm-hmm. uh they got iggy back which i think think iggy's pretty washed like i don't he doesn't you know, actually he, look he, as bad as i thought he was going to for sure I, you know i just don't know how he's going to hold up all all season it's you know, really more role, so a playoff thing for him. Like his role, his role prior to with the Warriors is you know to guard the LeBrons, guard the Durants. You know that's going to be Wiggins now. So you know what he what can do it for role? five minutes. Like he's going to be like that. He, like I think he could do it for like maybe like they'll put him in for like certain possessions, like two minutes left in the half or three minutes left in the third. Iggy, you go in and guard LeBron and use your smarts rather than, you know what I mean? Not obviously, hey, Iggy, 40 minutes, you're on the best player, lock him up. It's going to be like in like little spots because I think he can give you spots. I just don't think he's going to obviously give you a totality. 
Possibly. It's asking a lot of him at, uh, I think he's 37 now, so it's asking a lot. Yeah, but um, in great shape, though. I mean, so you never know, but at the same time, you are asking a lot of someone who is at the end of their career and was debating retiring two years ago, I think. For sure, for sure. But, yeah, back to uh, the NBA 75. Mm-hmm. Who, what What are your thoughts on the list? Like, what a, who do you think are snubs? Like, what's, what got was snubbed. I don't think, yeah, I think, I think, I think that, like, I, but I think that's like a consensus. Like, I don't even think that's really like too much of an argument that like Dwight got snubbed. I don't know how he was left off. I really don't like, and, uh, I'll let you go ahead. Go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to say like how one defensive player of the year, three times he took a magic team to the finals. Like they were beat LeBron head to head. He beat LeBron head to head in a, the series where LeBron put up 39, like six and Eight or so. LeBron put up crazy numbers that series because and it's LeBron, but they still won. Went to the finals, lost to Kobe in five. Cool. Mm-hmm. It was that Lakers team. They were really, really good. But he was the best center in the league for like m- closer to like five or six years. Like he had a he had a run of just being dominant. Also, I feel like on this 75, like the athleticism, I don't know. I don't know what also goes into this, but like he was fun, like the dunk contest and things like that. I guess for me, like being memorable also matters, just in my personal opinion. Not like it means everything, but like those little kind of things. So I just, I felt like there was really no way you could take off Dwight Howard or leave off Dwight Howard rather. So that one first, like I wanted to put Lillard over Howard. Like you can't tell me Lillard's done more than Dwight Howard. No, and like Reggie hasn't done more than Dwight Howard. Ray Allen hasn't done more than Dwight Howard. I understand Ray Allen's a three-time champ, two-time champion. But I I would say, I mean, I get what you're saying. If you're going by accolades, yeah. I mean, I'm fine with Ray being on the list. I'm not saying that he shouldn't be. I'm just saying that I don't know, like. If you're going off of what they've done over their career, you can't tell you can't really tell me that Allen's done more than Dwight Howard as an individual. I don't know. That's just personally my opinion. But yeah, they probably haven't had uh I like yeah, Reggie Ray Allen definitely after peace, no, nah, they did not have the individual success as far as like like Dwight probably those years when LeBron was winning like back to back MVPs and all that, like Dwight from I don't know 08 to 12 or 13 he's he's in that top five of MVP voting some mm-hmm. years are run up you know what I mean yeah so uh those those kind of things like obviously Ray Allen is a very very good player all-time great obviously until like halfway through the season is gonna have the most three-point shots ever two-time final won the finals twice been four times I think he was on that second heat team that lost yeah. the Spurs. So it's been four uh, times. Like it he's obviously done a lot. I'm not making it seem like he hasn't, but Yeah. Yeah. The, Ray Allen and Reggie, they definitely they definitely deserve it. Lillard's the one though. Like Lillard, I love Lillard. He's one of my favorite players in the league. Love Dame. But I mean, I think Kyrie even has more of an argument over Dame. You know what I mean? Like if you extend this if you extend this list to eighty five, sure Dame might make it, but I was definitely surprised to see him, especially for Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard's inexcusable. I get he's probably one of the most hated players of that era. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I mean, it was kind of funny. It was interesting to see. I've 
watched people shit on Dwight like the last 10 years, basically. Like ever since it went bad for him in LA, everyone's been basically like, fuck this guy, whether it's fans, whether it's uh, you know, players across the league. Like he's pretty much floated after his Houston years. He yeah. you know went to three or four different teams. And the consensus was that he was just like annoying to have in the locker room. Like people just got annoyed with him. Like he that's why he wasn't brought back to the 2012 Olympic team was basically because like guys couldn't stand him, which is it's interesting to think. And fans couldn't stand him because that's usually how it goes once you know you get a certain media narrative. Yeah. And you know, while that was going on, while he was like floating to the Hawks and Hornets, you go look at the numbers. Still pretty good for like him declining in athleticism. He was still pretty athletic, even though he wasn't maybe Orlando Dwight Howard. And, Hornets, uh, and Hornets, real quick, because you're just talking about it. In yeah. 30 games, 17 and 12 with two blocks. The Rockets from 2013 to 2015, when you put all three together, about 16 points, almost 10, about 11, 11 and a half rebounds, almost two blocks. Like, he was still, like, for his career, he's 16, 12, two assists, a steal, and two blocks. Yeah. Like, he's going to be a first, he's gonna be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Like, there's no excuse for him to not be on that team. It's honestly pretty disrespectful. And also, like, and Anthony Davis hasn't had a better career than Dwight. Yeah. Anthony Davis is an interesting one, but then you kind of think about it, you know, out of the last 25 years, that's probably one you put on is Anthony Davis. Like he's he's one I question too, but I'm not mad at it. But you there's no excuse for Dwight being left off. I mean, you know, you're thinking, if you're thinking of, you know, the late two thousands, the early two thousands, Dwight's one of the first people that come to mind. You know, him flying around, him, you know, having these massive shoulders, flying around like protecting the rim, just all over the place. I mean I feel like I feel like people people do dislike Dwight and I feel like it's been unfair to him, but at the same time because I know people were like comparing him to like Shaq at some point, pretty much just because he was on the Magic and, and he was, was a whole thing, and he was big. But I mean, you know, Shaq's seven one, Dwight's six nine, six ten, and just you know, massive. Like as far as his shoulders and stuff, like he's a big dude, but he's still not Shaq. You know what I mean? Uh, Shaq had point guard skills. He just didn't show it in game. Like I'm not saying he was a point guard, but like Anthony Davis, he has point guard kind of skills. Shaq was an elite passer for a big. He had touch around the basket, most dominant force we've seen since Wilt Chamberlain. Like, we're not, like, there was no comparison between Dwight and Shaq other than they were both larger than life. Yeah. That's it. I'll, I'll, I'll call Shaq a good passer. I won't call him a lead passer, but he's definitely a for def- big passer than Dwight. Well, I'm just saying, like, I mean, I guess, like, the last I mean, five years, I guess the last five years of bigs has kind of changed that, but, like, there are not many bigs prior to, like, the 2010s that I really thought, like, obviously, Sabonis, the Gasols were really good. Like, you had people, but, like, for true centers like that, there wasn't too, too many better passers, at least my opinion. Yeah, Shaq, Shaq's always good at kicking out of a double team, better than most centers. I, I and, guess that uh, was what I was yeah, more yeah, so yeah. saying, but like obviously like Jokic and Sabon like this year's Sabonis like have they change how centers pass because they're really just like point guards at center it almost feels like more so Jokic than yeah. obviously Sabonis. Yeah, he, he he's a good pass. He's definitely a good pass for a big, but I would put I put both Gasols ahead of him as far as passing and such. But mm-hmm, I agree. Back, back to the Dwight point, it was it was interesting to see everybody on Twitter in an uproar about. Dwight being disrespected after I'd seen Twitter shit on him for the last 10 years. It was kind of funny. Um, Dwight, but, I mean, that's, 
that's kind of how it works though. It's like, you kind of get hated, but you know, you kind of earn your respect in the end and mm -hmm. you don't, I don't know. Dwight should not have been, it was disrespectful for Dwight to be left off that it's list. It's weird. If, if Dwight not, retires like six years ago, he probably makes it. It's probably, like if yeah. that if that narrative doesn't change because it's not like it's not like he's done crazy enough in the last five or six years that like would have changed your opinion stats wise of him. Like if he retires probably after that Hornet season or like after that Hawk season in 2016 and has the career he has, he probably makes it. But when you have that probably. narrative, it's kind of like where To went from being first to third because his narrative I mean that was also throughout his career too but like his narrative changed but he went from a first ballot hall of famer to a third ballot when clearly everyone knows T.O. is one of like the five greatest receivers to ever play football yeah there's like, no excuse for T.O. Like, like we all know it but like even Chris yeah. Carter waited and he was like a six time like Shannon Sharp had to wait five or six times it was like people that you're like wait why are we waiting this long to annoy some of the greatest players easily ever that everybody knows is going to be in the hall. Why are we making them wait five or six years? So I'm glad they didn't do it with Randy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Randy. I mean, Randy Moss is the first ballot Hall of Fame. Randy To so it was To. That's why it's like. Well, yeah, yeah, but To To's got to be To is probably the most polarizing. You want to say? Yeah, he, he's he's up there. He's. Tio's, I mean, I don't know how we're going from Dwight Howard to Tio, but Tio's up there with like Dennis Rodman as far as like what the fuck is it? You know what I mean? Like Tio mm -hmm. couldn't last on any team and would you know burn bridges with media and teammates everywhere he went. That should that have cost him for the Hall of Fame? Absolutely not. I don't believe so either. But he's in, which is good. But yeah, you know, he should have absolutely done first bow. That's disrespectful to him. That's a little different. Dwight Dwight's reputation around the league's more so just annoying, which is funny. Like people people basically look at him like like a like a teenager, it seems like, from what you know from what insider would say. And honestly, yeah. it semi has to do I mean, not all of it obviously, because you have players saying more so, but like it starts with Shaq. When everyone compares him to Shaq, and then Shaq comes out, and obviously Shaq... Shaq, being a very, Shaq will shit on him anytime he can. Yeah, Shaq like, when you have a voice like Shaq, and obviously someone who is absolutely loved like Shaq is now, pe like people are going to listen to that, and since they don't want to formulate their own opinions, you're going to be like, oh, I can grab a story from that. And so they grab yeah. stories from that, and then Shaq being like... Well, Dwight's not that good. If I like, I was doing this. Dwight should be doing this. No, Dwight's not you. Joel Embiid's more you. Like, if you said that more about Joel Embiid, I would be like, okay, I get it, because Embiid does have the touch. Embiid does have the handle. Embiid does have the close to the passing ability. Like that. Like Embiid's way more like you than Dwight Howard does. Like those are yeah. I, I yes, just, no. I would say there's no, but there's nobody like Shaq. The no, only, I'm the saying only, more like him. I'm just not. There's I no. I guess there's so. No yeah, Shaq. I get. I get what you're saying. But the one Shaq is Wilt, but Wilt came before Shaq. Like that's about yeah. that. Like that's the yeah, only but, comparison you really have is Wilt and Shaq. But I'm just saying, like, out of all the new players, Embiid would be the closest thing that we've seen to Shaq since Shaq, unless I'm forgetting someone. Yeah, and uh, what's crazy. What's crazy about that is, you know, if you look at the... Or maybe Giannis, actually, who, even, a little bit. Yeah, in today's yeah, game, for sure. Giannis, for probably. Sure. For sure. Even Zion, the way he's just... Yeah, I was say, Giannis, Zion, and Embiid are all in that category of closest to Shaq, but, again, none of them are. Uh, but I would say... 
going back to the voters, like if you look who was pulled for the NBA 75, it's all a who's who. Like it's all, it's not just media. It's media. It's a, uh, it's former Hall. It's current players. It's Hall of Famer, like Larry Bird. Mm-hmm. Like pretty much any anybody who's important for the NBA voted on it, which is the most interesting. I would like to know how close Dwight was to uh, to making it. Which it proves, better have been seventy six. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, I would hope. I would hope because uh, you know it just proves no matter what you do or who's doing these type of lists or these uh, these anniversary teams, you're never gonna get it right. You're never gonna get happy. But I felt like that was the most glaring omission. Um, it made sense. Like I know Clay is upset that he wasn't on it, and like I, I, you're not mad at it. Like I would understand why he would feel he could probably be on it over Dame, just because yeah. just because of the three championships. Obviously, he's been on a few All NBA teams. You do think he is one of the five greatest shooters. Like honestly, may go down as the second best behind Steph, architect. Like. It was Batman and Robin to a seventy three and ninety. Like he has like those type of accolades, but his are more team accolades. But like that yeah. would be the only thing with Clay. So I understand why Clay would be upset as himself, but I get why they didn't put him on. Yeah, I completely get. You know, Clay wouldn't have been the one of my first thoughts. I mean, he's more. He's definitely borderline. Like if you if you really had to narrow it down, but not as borderline as you know. Maybe Dwight or or Dwight's just not borderline. He's just should be on. Well, he's for me, yeah, but like he's just Dwight not borderline. And uh, yeah, I was real surprised. I like I like that Clay was bad. Like I'm, I like that Clay's motivated like that. But I was real surprised to see how upset. Like he was really upset and believed he should have been on it. And he was more outspoken than even Dwight on not making it. So that was real mm-hmm. interesting to me. I like it. Um, Alex English is an interesting one. People probably don't know who Alex English is, but he was one of the best scorers in the 80s. Um, yeah, that's one. He's always been interesting to me. Like, I I consider myself, like, a, like a basketball historian. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I do, too, as well. Yeah, like, I would say, like, just to give, just to give people an idea, like, <laughs> of what like my early childhood was like like I would say from like the ages of like six to like ah, shit, I don't know like eight or nine right like mm-hmm. I would I would watch like you know here's a better example rather than like watching games like I I basically watch basketball almost as much as I do now obviously you wouldn't you know digest it the way you would as an adult obviously but you know I'm, I was watching games every night but I would say this, like when I'd come home from school, there used to be this show called like, it was called like NBA Fantastic Series. And it was always on like ESPN too. And it would always show like these early 90s and 80s clips. And it was like real informative. And that's really how, like how I learned a lot of like about 80s stuff. So I would like, you know, as a six, seven, eight year old, I'm, I'm learning how important Dominique and Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, Clyde Drexler, you know, throwing out names are important to like the 80s and, you know, early 90s. Yeah. Or I Bill Thomas, you know what I mean? So I'm learning all that pretty young, which is why I might have a a little more of a handle than some my age. I won't say most. I won't say that because, you know, there's I'm sure there's a lot of people like that who have looked back into the 80s and such like that. Or even like the 60s. Like, you know, I, I knew who like Will and Bill Russell were at a young age. And like, you know, the way they were presented back then, here's what I would say the NBA is different being covered the legends of the past were more celebrated back then, whereas now everything's a comparison. Like that didn't start up until I would say like the really? last 10 to 12, I'd say the last 10 or 12 years really with, you know, once LeBron won his first ring in Miami, it just seemed like everything was a comparison. 
Well, yeah, like, when after LeBron, literally, as you were just saying, won his first ring in there, you go in first take because that was the only really yeah. sports debate show at that point, and you're like, oh, who's better, LeBron or Mike? I don't yeah. know, guys. The guy who's gone six times, six finals MVPs, five MVPs. Like, I don't know, guys. Who is better? Can we let LeBron live his prime? He wasn't even in his prime yet. Yeah, I mean, he was definitely in his prime. Well, I mean, like, sorry, his, I mean, he, sorry, let me rephrase that. He wasn't at his peak yet. Yeah. Like, his peak to me was that next year, and then you, if you want to argue 2015, 2016, that championship year. Like, those are his two best years, like, in totality to me. But that, 20, that, that 2012, 2013 season, that was, to me, the best LeBron. Yeah, and uh, so I would say... I would say that's how I've seen. I would say I would say the NBA fan base honestly is easily the most annoying. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, like it just, it's just changed so much for me. Like I feel like an old head. Like these last like like I said ten years. Ever since like the real compare like everything's a comparison in the NBA compared to like the NFL and the MLB. Everything and I actually was talking about this with someone on Twitter the other night. Yeah, like. Those legends are celebrated of the past. You know what I mean? There's no mm-hmm. real comparison. Like people are like, if you're great, you're great. Whereas now, like people do whatever to rip down Bill Russell or Will, or uh, or even like before Kobe passed, you would see LeBron fans like tear down Kobe. You'd see Kobe fans try to tear down LeBron. Like that's why it was really interesting when LeBron first went to the Lakers because it was like, how are these Kobe fans going to adjust to him? You know, and it was just a. I think what it is, not to get too far off topic, but I think what it is is like you've got more casual fans than ever. Yeah, you don't like you have casual fans because the the game is more accessible than ever because of the because of social Social media, media. because of you can go on and you can get stories. You don't have to know basketball to get a bleacher report update and things like that. So you hear that and obviously Instead of having one or two sports shows and then having to read Sports Illustrated magazines to get where you get your lead stories, you get right. everything on like 15 different shows. You find the ones that you like and then you go with those opinions. So you have like, yeah, I watch basketball. They'll watch like the ESPN special games and then they watch them that compared to us who NBA League Pass every night we're watching, we're studying, we're like, it's not studying, but you know what I mean. Like we actually look at it very much in depth, so it's we're not quick to just be like, oh wow, well Harden just sucks because like the narrative right now in media is like Harden can't play anymore, just because it's like because he's played five games and can't adjust the rules. But we understand that there's I don't know, we allow players to be bad for a couple weeks before we chastise them and make them seem like they're the worst player in the league. Yeah, I mean, I would say. As long as I've watched the NBA, any sport really, I go by what my eyes tell me. That's how I can approach it. But um, you know, if I can make a quick comparison, like I've within the last two years, I mentioned this, like I've really gotten into the UFC and mm-hmm. MMA. And uh, what I've noticed is like, like me, I'm a casual fan of the UFC. Like I got a, I've got a okay knowledge of it for a casual fan. You know what yep. I mean? I don't have, a, I don't have a knowledge of the history, but I got a pretty good knowledge of like the current the top, state. the top the top tier fighters and like what the climate is in the ufc right now i yep. would say and uh you know i'm on like i'll check like ufc twitter like i'm on like on reddit like just like trying to learn more and what i see is 
the casual fans, because I think UFC is like more popular now than it's ever been. The casual fans, the only people who are trying to argue about like Conor McGregor and Khabib are casual fans. Like everyone else is talking about, uh, you know, whatever's going on, like, you know, Kamar Usman, Adesanya, you know, the stars who are currently popping, you know, Max Holloway, maybe uh, Volfanovsky, Alexander Volfanovsky. Um, and you'll see casuals like bringing up Khabib, who's been retired for a year, Conor McGregor, who, you know, you've seen what's happened to him over the past mm-hmm. two years, you know? Uh, He's and a big I name, so you're like, oh, let me mention him. That's it. Yeah, and it, it just reminds me so much of people who, you know, no matter what happens, you know, if someone's doing something great, it's like, oh, well, that's not LeBron, you know, like, like Curry. It's, it's the same thing with each kind of player high. Like there's the people who are all in James Harden's corner. Swear to God, he's better than Steph. Uh, no. They swear to God, he's better than Dwayne Wade. No. Steph, the Steph people swear to God, he's better than LeBron. No, uh, I'm a LeBron Steph guy people. and he's not better than LeBron. The LeBron people swear to God, LeBron's better than Michael Kobe. Kobe people think Kobe's better. You know, it's just. Yeah, but it's not even like they can't just be even. Like, or not even like even. Like, you can't listen to the other side of the argument, is what gets me the most. Like, I will sit down, and if you want to say LeBron's better than Mike, whatever. I personally don't have an opinion because I didn't see Mike with my own two. I, I didn't watch every Mike clip, and I didn't watch every Mike game, so I don't feel like I understand fully the gravity of Mike. I understand well, obviously what he was as a player, his play style, how much what he could do. I can read stats and read stories, but I don't know, for me there's something about living the moment. Like like waking yeah. up that next day. Like I remember waking up that next day after LeBron dropped 45 on the Celtics in game 6. It felt different than just reading like the same way someone would feel different after Mike put up 48 hit the game-winning shot in 98 on the Jazz over Byron Russell. Like, that felt different than me just reading it. You know what I mean? I guess for me, I sometimes when it comes to those GOAT debates, it comes to a feel thing, too. And I don't know. That's just my personal opinion when it comes down to it. Because if you're the greatest, like, when Mike walks in a room, I feel like it's different than when LeBron walks in a room, regardless of who they are. You know what I mean? I don't know if you agree, disagree, or whatnot, but... You have a better grasp uh, I mean, of Mike than I do, so. I mean, I would just say, I mean, if that, I'm sure if you listen to this, you probably watched The Last Dance because, I mean, everyone watched The Last Dance, especially it being during uh, the pandemic. Mm-hmm. It got a lot of viewership. I think my main thing, my main argument with uh, with Jordan over anybody, like any really any athlete that's not Muhammad Ali would be, you know how just how famous he is like lebron hasn't reached that level of fame no. uh and that's not to say, that's not any slight at lebron either that's like you know it's asking hard to any, do. <laughs> asking anybody to be mike is asking you know it's asking for you to be the biggest person on the planet it's what you know what i mean like the two the two most famous people in my lifetime that like recognizably I can say like, wow, those guys are more famous than anybody else is Michael Jackson and Michael Jordan. Those are two. That's it. Well, and yeah, I don't think, and, and, and Michael Jackson is more famous than Michael Jordan. And oh, that, yeah. that's crazy. That's what's crazy. Michael Jordan is insanely famous. And you know, maybe I could be wrong there. Maybe it's more neck and neck than I think, but you know, those are the two most famous people in my lifetime. Well, I just, um, I only feel like it's because, Mike's sorry, I almost just said Mike as if they're both not named Michael. Michael Jackson is in 
music to where everybody's going to access it. Obviously, Michael Jordan's basketball. Not saying that, obviously, people know who Michael Jordan is regardless of basketball because of shoes and things. But Michael Jackson's just a little bit more easily accessible, which is what makes him a little bigger. I could be wrong. That is just my opinion. I could be wrong by that. Just the reason why they transcend in general. The reason why anybody transcends is, you know, your talent, your your uh, your marketability, your start. Let me give you an example. I remember like, when we were talking about The Last Dance last year before it started. Our dad, who uh, who grew up, you know, we obviously played basketball. We played sports growing up. Our dad's a musician. He doesn't care anything about sports. Like He's, he's not into sports. He's maybe watched 10 basketball games in his life, and that's just because yeah. he was sitting next to us. Well, maybe. not... I'll actually, I'll counter that. I'll say this. You wouldn't remember this because you would have been like... Well, I mean, sorry, you know, when I was, at least for me, when my time. You were, well, what I was about to say, you were, you were a baby. I, re- I have memories of, you know, me being in like kindergarten, first grade. What about kindergarten? Because it was Jordan's last year watching, uh, you know, Jordan's last playoff games, me, my mom, and my dad. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and you know, he don't, he would never, he won't, you know, he won't sit and watch a game. And he, he, he would watch Michael Jordan. I remember last year when we were talking about the last dance before it was happened, we were just all talking about it. And he, who, like, again, he bet he hasn't watched sports in 10 to 20 years, was like, yeah, Michael Jordan's a total package. Like, he's, he's like, he's he's the total package. And that's exactly it. And he doesn't know shit about anything was, to his sports. I was going to say, again, and, uh, I was gonna say, I, again, again, like, I just said that my dad's only watched 10 games. I did not know he watched games with Kyle. So, like, like that That's just gave, like, he, I was gonna uh, say that just shows obviously what you know what Michael meant. Like dad's not sitting down to watch LeBron games. He would uh I would say this. If you ask like our dad probably definitely knows who LeBron James is. He definitely heard that name in passing because how could you not? And but CBS he have probably has mentioned LeBron with like what he's done in different things, like or Fox he News and things. He he wouldn't be able to tell you he wouldn't be able to tell you like what team LeBron plays now, right? I guarantee you if you said I guarantee you my dad would remember who Reggie Miller and Carl Malone are from those from just those Jordan playoff runs. He knows mm-hmm. Dennis Rodman and Scottie Pippen off the top of his head. He knows Kobe and Shaq. Like those are names he remembers from like me growing up in passing watching games. Like yeah. but yeah, Jordan Jordan had that reach to where he would actually sit down and watch games for, you know, however long. You know what I mean? Like that's you know that that alone can uh, give you the impact. That's that's what it was. Like your casual fans were, you know just your everyday people watching Jordan, like who wouldn't watch it. Like they're, it's kind of notable how their viewership went down after his retirement, you know? And that's kind of why LeBron is so celebrated because he's brought that viewership back. But even now, I don't think their viewership even comes close to MJ's. I'd have to look it up, but so it's I have still a question. My, yeah. Do you think that Mike growing up and being in the non-social media era made him more famous? I'm just thinking. I'm um, thinking about it now because, in one hand, I don't know. And just in one hand, it makes like social media makes players more accessible, obviously, because you can see what LeBron's doing every day because he posts it every day or like however much they post. But kind of like how album, like hip hop albums too, you couldn't just get the instant like, oh my god, this is garbage, or oh my god, this is great instantly, and have people sway their opinion on things. It was like you almost had to wait, and you built more anticipation, so it was more of like a spectacle to see them. I could be I wrong again. I don't like I would, just asking. I would, I would say no to that, just because I think if, I think if LeBron, I think if LeBron did, he would have either a stayed in Cleveland the whole time, or even stayed in Miami, 
and kept winning, even gets to like, say if he gets to four now, like without the bubble championship, gets to four in Miami and just kind of, I don't know, sticks it out, like kind of just comes, becomes recognizable. Like there's something to be said about staying in one spot and being recognizable. Like look at, look at the love Tom Brady's getting in Tampa that he was not getting in. in, Or Kobe. Like Kobe, like Kobe got love for obviously being in LA his entire career. Like even Dirk. Like I'm saying, people get recognizable when you can associate them to one thing. Exactly. And LeBron's obviously, he's he's probably the most famous athlete still. Like he's definitely probably the most famous and definitely the most polarizing for sure. But he's I don't know if he's the most popular. Steph, I, be, I think Steph's more popular than he is in the NBA. He might be. I think Jersey Shales, like LeBron still might be number one, but I'm across all sports. It's tough, you know what I mean? Like I would probably say it's in a realm there's Tom, there's LeBron, there's Steph, and honestly I think those are probably your top 3 most loved athletes. And uh, you know, the difference with Mike, you know, is just you know, LeBron can overpower people. Jordan's probably the smoothest player to ever do. Like he's just He's so fundamentally great on top of his athleticism. Everything just looks easy. And everything, like, you know, he's Air Jordan. So everything was in the air. The layup package was crazy. The dunks were crazy. So, you know, that that increases popularity. Just, you know, same thing that made young LeBron popular. Same thing that made Kobe, young Kobe popular. Vince Carter, even. Like, Vince Carter was hugely popular. Oh, when yeah. He first in the league. Because um, no one saw, like, because you're like, oh, well, Mike flew. Oh, Dominique flew. And there's like, oh, who is this Vince Carter guy? Like, oh, yeah. my God. Like, not that he was way more athletic than Mike or Dominique, so, but, like, it was like, oh, wow, geez. Look at this. Yeah. So you had the most exciting player in the league to, you know, become the most dominant. You know, that's it's going to propel you to a to a place that's, you know, where no one's seen it before. You know, and, Ma- and by the way, Magic's there, Larry Bird's there, and LeBron's there, too, just not on Jordan's level. Like, Jordan's superstardom is, you know, supersedes all of them just because – of how he did it, and you know, and you want to go. To, sorry, you're going. You yeah, if you just want to, if you want to see Jordan's popularity, it's simple. Go to the sneakers selling right now. Go look at what Jordan's, the old retro Jordans that were you know selling during Jordan's career. What are they selling compared to LeBron's current sneakers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bet either Jordan's outselling LeBron or he's right there. You know what I mean? Like you're not gonna see that. Ever. You're going to see it with Kobe because Kobe's is going to have that impact, especially now after his death. And it would have anyway because Kobe's. Kobe. Probably, that too and his Nike collection is probably second to Jordan's, like as far as. Like he's got probably the best, I'd say, and as far as quality, probably the best sneaker. And LeBron's LeBron's early collections, he's going to have a good sneaker run too. Oh, for sure. Past his career too, but not on the level, I don't think, of Jordan Kobe. I could be wrong about that. I could be wrong about that because LeBron's definitely got some heat in his collection. Two quick, quick things I want to say right before we go is, one, we were talking about, obviously, LeBron, and we are talking about Kobe and Mike. The celebrity yeah. that we haven't mentioned at all during that time was AI. So I wanted I was going to bring that up because, obviously, I feel like he needs to be mentioned with what he did. Uh, yeah, you... Iverson, Allen Iverson's my second all-time favorite player to Michael Jordan. So, uh... You know, I could probably speak for like a half hour about Allen Iverson. Uh, so, you know, you mentioned Packers Cardinals earlier. That's coming on right now. Yeah. I think, I think I think when we come back next week and talk, we can have a little 
you got some like specific historical NBA questions maybe you want to ask me, whether it's Iverson, whether it's I, I got I want to get to T Mac today, but I don't think we're gonna be able to get to that, obviously, with this game coming on. So I got some T Mac I want to talk next time. Mm. So I think we should pause it here. I actually if I could real quick while we're briefly on the NFL, uh if I could, I've mentioned this, I think I mentioned this channel before on your NFL throwback on YouTube. Yep. We've got a good Instagram page as well. Uh, you know, if we could do a little, you know, obviously we're big sports fans. The people who listen to this are big sports fans. Um, if we could almost debut like a new segment, I would say like a like an appreciation segment. I, I would love that. I would love that. I would say, I'm going to start it off right now. Go to NFL Throwback on YouTube. Watch, uh, you know, for the listeners out there, go watch the Lawrence Taylor career highlights video it's insane um you know we want to talk about you know obviously defensive goat here literally 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 he that uh, he is the defensive goat for sure uh you know you want to talk about how players evolve and you know leagues evolve over time like athletes get better sure that's 100 percent true but regardless of that like you mentioned will earlier will someone on one athlete mm-hmm. lawrence taylor Lawrence Taylor, he played in the 80s and the early 90s. There is still nobody like him. There is nobody from the outside linebacker position or edge rusher who is that athletic. Go Just go watch the highlights. Uh, yeah, NFL throwback, the Lawrence Taylor career highlights. It's a great video. It shows off his athleticism. shows off how dominant and how great of a player he is. So, yeah, go watch that. That's for the appreciation week or uh, the appreciation segment, I should say. We'll start it off week one right here. Lawrence Taylor. I like Go it. Go check out that video. Uh, I got more for you, but I'm going to start off with there. Lawrence Taylor on I the like NFL. It. We'll what? end with the NFL. Start with the NFL. Lawrence Taylor, NFL throwback, YouTube. You won't regret it. Y'all won't regret it, I promise you. One thing I want you to think about, Kyle, and I want actually our viewers to think about it. Listeners. Ro- oh, sorry, viewers. <laughs> Listeners. I'm used to saying viewers. Listeners. Quickly, just for you, Kyle, I want to, we don't have to answer this question now because we got to go. Mm-hmm. Better scorer, T-Mac, Harden, Lily. Just want to put that out there. I want people to think about that because people forget how good T-Mac was. I'll just answer right now, T-Mac. <laughs> but I'll, I'll give you, I was going to say I want to talk about T-Mac a little time. bit more, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's funny you asked about Aaron Iverson because, like I said, those are two players I planned on talking about on the NBA 75. We kind of, you know, we, we ain't talked for a week, so we, we went all over the place with the NFL and the NBA and, yep. you know, spent a lot of time on Dwight. But I definitely want to talk T-Mac and AI. Uh, you know, we'll see. You know, things change so quickly in the world of sports. Who knows what we'll be talking about next week as it pertains to the NBA and the NFL. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if we... We'll make a we'll make a mental note to uh, to continue the Allen Iverson and uh, you know some of the stars of the early excuse me stars of the early two thousands. It feels for a little sure. bit for, it feels a little bit too forgotten for the new people that watch like for the younger generation. So you know what crazy I think I think a lot of the two thousands nostalgia is coming back like where whereas there's a lot of nineties nostalgia in the last decade. I see a lot of appreciation. I, you know, I don't know if I see maybe with Kobe's passing, but I see 
between the NFL and NBA, a lot of appreciation for the stars of the past. Uh, History think, repeats itself every 20 years kind of thing, like, like 20, it, 30 it, years. It, so, it, like, it makes sense why the 90s and 2010, the 2000s, and the, tw- and the 20s. So, it's going to be weird for me to live and probably see the 2010s remembered in 2030s. It's going to be really weird to hear that because, like, I'm going to really remember living through all of those. It's going to be weird. Yeah, I would say, like, the 2000s, like, 2000s were obviously a long time ago anyway, but, like, now more than ever does it seem like, oh, shit, like, that was that was so long ago. This was, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I, now it's cool to see the 2000s celebrated the way the 90s and the 80s have in the past because it was a great era. Uh, and, you know, we still got a... Underrated, in my me. opinion. I think it's, a li- like, a little underrated for... Like, it's starting to get the recognition, but I feel like it's a little underrated. It, you know, shit. I could talk two thousands NBA, NFL, hip hop all day. So I mean, if we're we're talking more two thousands on here, I'm all about it. I'm all about it. So maybe that's yeah, the base of our next here. episode. But let's let's go watch. Right? This yeah, we can have a we can have a whole two thousands. Last thing before we go, because yep. this game, I think this game started. Uh, yes. Any Halloween? You and Danny, you got any Halloween plans? Uh, no, I think Danny's working on Halloween, so I don't. I don't think I'm doing anything. Um, or actually, wait, no, never mind. Sorry, Sunday. Sorry, no. Danny's working Saturday and Sunday. Sunday, I am watching football on Halloween. Saturday, I'm lie. I lied. I'm watching till death do us part, which is the battle rap event for the weekend. That's actually put together by Drake and Smack together. That is what I'm doing on Saturday at 6 p.m. So that I'm super excited for that event. That event's going to be. Maybe the biggest card, maybe the most recognizable name card in like almost battle rap history for single events, for one on one events. So I'm I'm super excited for it. I bet yeah, that's right up your alley. Damn, but so that's star stuff on Halloween or Halloween weekend of all weeks. Yep, it's right. it's celebrating cool. for Drake's birthday. So which is uh, yeah. So yeah, we're, well, that's cool. That's cool. You? Uh, yeah. Me, I think I'm going out Saturday. I'm not sure. Friday, probably be pretty low key. Sunday, obviously, football's my plans. Yeah. Same. Um, but Saturday, yeah, I think I think I might try to go out. I don't know if we're gonna dress up or what's going on, but should be a fun weekend for sure. And I'm looking forward to the sports this weekend. Looking forward to all the basketball between tonight, uh going into going into the Halloween weekend. So yeah. yeah, should should be a fun weekend for sure. We're uh this is a fun time of year when you get from you know, the beginning of the NBA season, you're in the middle of the NFL season. End uh, of the baseball season. So you even if you don't really like baseball, it's still the World Series. You want to tune in, Astros and Braves. Hockey yeah. starting to get going for the people who like hockey. The fourth quarter for music albums. Like, there's so much that's coming out, like, in this amount of time. Like, we didn't even talk about music, and I don't know what's coming out for albums tomorrow, but I'm guessing there was probably something. Yeah, there was a rumor, I forget... Was it last Friday or the Friday before? I think it was last Friday. Last there was, Friday. There was a rumor that Kendrick was dropping last Friday, and it obviously didn't come to fruition. But was there was real Friday. talk. There was real talk that he was dropping at midnight last last Friday. What a pride! But yeah, let's get out of here. Uh, Warner Brothers podcast. We'll be back next week. Enjoy the weekend of sports. Be safe. Happy I'm Halloween. Happy Halloween, Keenan. I'll talk to you later. I'll see you, Kyle. Peace. <laughs>